Hi, I'm Kevin Alvis with Big Talk Podcasts. I believe that everyone needs to treat themselves for a job well done. Whether it's surviving a workday jam-packed with mind-numbing meetings or that five-mile bike ride down the lake with your friends, nothing says, I fucking crushed this like a delicious cold beer. And there's no finer place to treat yourself than Chicago's northernmost taproom, Howard Street Brewing. Just steps from the Howard Street Red Line, Howard Street Brewing offers a cozy 37-seat taproom that's perfect for catching up with old friends or making some new ones. And don't let their one-barrel system fool you. It's perfectly pumping out a rotating menu of amazing beers like Roger's Proud Pale Ale, the Better Late Than Never Pilsner, and the This Is What Happens Larry Belgian Saison. Not sure what to try? Get a flight. Try them all. Like that beer and want some for the after party? Grab a few growlers for the road. You want some sweet merch with your beers? They've got hats and t-shirts ready for you too. So if you're in Chicago or planning a trip to Chicago, be sure to check out Howard Street Brewing. Open Tuesday through Sunday. No cash, cards only. Oh, and did I mention that there's entertainment every Tuesday night and trivia every Wednesday night? Oh, 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 and did I mention that you can have food from all the local spots delivered right to your table? Oh, 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 and did I mention that they're pet friendly? This place is the shit. So check out Howard Street Brewing, located at 1617 West Howard Street in Chicago and at howardstreetbrewing.com. Be sure to tell them Big Talk sent ya. So, Frog and Toad was written by an author named Arnold Lobel, who uh, was a guy. <laughs> Sorry, I just... <laughs> Very descriptive, man. <laughs> <laughs> I closed my notes as I was trying to read that. Uh, Ooh, so, was a man, take him for all in all. I shall not look upon his like again. Oh, see, I should have just gone into that. I was just so distracted by me closing my notes that I was like, oh, no, I'm in the middle of a sentence. Everybody's got a little thing to say about the stuff they love. Pop culture. Rebel and a man are going to teach their dads, Phil and Dylan, if they're willing. If they're willing to hop on pop culture, hop on pop culture, hop on pop culture now. A couple old friends are gonna ask the kids about books and movies and TV shows. And those two guys might open their eyes and see it's all just a big surprise. They're, they're gonna, gonna hop on pop culture. Is Illinois a, a single party recording state or what do you call oh, that? Oh, I don't know. Single party recording. consent? Yeah, single party consent. There you go. Could be. No, it does not have recording party laws and it has no comprehensive bills that have been introduced about privacy legislation. Well, ha ha ha. Ah, you can record me anytime, I suppose. That's right. I'm just going to do that from now on. I'm just going to record you day and night, whether you want to or not. Dylan, you have to level with me. Yeah. Are you a cop? <laughs> I think that's something they just talk about in movies. Like, I don't have to admit anything to you, whether I'm a cop or have not. Have you ever actually been to that, though, in your life? Because, okay, like, if I'm a cop, I'm a big dude, I'm intimidating, and I just, I guess I just give punk vibes. So I've been asked multiple times, Am I a cop? by people who, if I answer yes, I don't think we're going to have a good relationship. I mean, so have you ever been? Is it has anyone ever been like, oh look at that guy over there? I bet he's I bet he's a cop. 
not in that way, but I have been to parties where I've been like, you know what, I'm not drinking tonight or no, I'm, I don't need to smoke this joint tonight. And then I have been asked, are you a cop? When I refuse. Alcohol. Oh, because they're suspicious. Because they're suspicious. You know, but especially if people are high already and then I refuse, they're like, wait, you got to tell me, are you a cop? Seriously. I went to a party at, in college my freshman year at Parkside. And it, someone, I went out on the balcony to smoke a cigarette because I smoked cigarettes at the time for some yeah. stupid reason. Well, because we both did, yeah. And the person on the balcony looked at me and said, you straight? And I'm like, <laughs> my first year of college, I mean, yeah. I as, as far as I know, anything. yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah I, I suppose, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm straight. And I think the guy was asking something else. But I don't know. Was he asking you if took I was sober? Bad. Was he asking if I was a cop? Was he asking if I was... I mean, that that is a question I get all the time, especially when I used to go to gay bars, is, are you straight? But not in that way. It was more like, you're gay, right? And I would say, no. Then people would be very confused. I have always felt comfortable in uh, gay bars. Um, it's always felt like... Uh, the ones that I've gone to, anyway, have yeah. always felt like a very welcoming place welcoming. which is awesome and i hope that i'm not invading someone's safe space well exactly a large cis hat man who looks like a well and the funny thing for me is that the only time in my life that i have gotten women's phone numbers has been at gay bars and it's usually the bartender so like i will be you know just kind of being politely myself all night and then at the end of the night there's been three occasions where a bartender has given me their phone number, but only at a gay bar and only women at said gay bar. It is the weirdest thing. I cannot explain it, but it has happened enough times now where I'm like, something has got to be going on. To paraphrase Doofenshmirtz, if you had a nickel for every time that happened, you'd have three nickels. That's right. Which isn't a lot, but it's weird it happened thrice. Exactly. So what are we talking about tonight? Oh, we're talking about... Frog and Toad. Frog and Toad. Yeah, speaking of gay bars. They're friends. Oh. Oh, they're friends, Dylan. But my friend. Frog and Toad are friends. Frog and Toad are roommates. Frog and Toad are just roommates. They're just roommates. No biggie. Just roommates. I mean, it came out in the 70s, so logistically, yeah, probably just roommates. Except I just remembered that there is a Frog and Toad story where they live in separate houses because one has to go over the other's house. Anyways, it doesn't matter, but we'll get to the the gay agenda of Frog and Toad a little later for all our conservative friends out there who are listening. I couldn't get through that. I don't think we have any conservative listeners. I'm not sure we do. It's okay. I'm fine with I'm that. I'm fine with that. So, Frog and Toad. So, Phil, what do you know about Frog and Toad? <laughs> uh, surprisingly little. I'm familiar with the visuals. You know, I could recognize them in a police lineup. Not that I'm a cop. Yeah, <laughs> I know that I know that these books have been around forever. I know that when I told when I told Michelle that this was tonight's topic, she looked at me and went, "Really, Frog and Toad, and you and Dylan? <laughs> you, it's perfect. That's your entire friendship aesthetic, right there." It's but true. Yeah, I'm gonna level with you. Maybe I read it like in the second grade or something, but I, you know, I have no active recall memory of reading any frog and toad book or watching any animation of it oh yeah that was me too up until i think 
the year before we had Mel, I had never heard of Frog and Toad. Do not remember reading it in school. Do not remember any part about it. But when Amy was pregnant, she was directing for a children's theater and she was doing a version of Frog and Toad. So as a closing gift, all her students gave her the box set of Frog and Toad, which has just been sitting in Malcolm's room since he was born. The box set of books, like the whole... Yeah, because there's four books. Frog and Toad are friends. Frog and Toad together. Frog and Toad. Frog and Toad Infinity War. Yes. And Frog and Toad Endgame. And now we're in phase five of Frog and Toad. Phase Uh, five of Frog and Toad are friends. Frog and Toad are no longer friends. Frog and Toad Civil War. There you go. So since starting to read these books to Mal, because he loves books, occasionally he will just pick up a book that's been sitting in his room and ask me to read it to him. So that's how we got started with Frog and Toad is he found it. And he was like, oh, this looks cool. Came over and we read it. And then I enjoyed it. It's important to have just access. Exactly. That's how you get into things. They're around you. They're around you. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, this looks interesting. That's how I started reading them. Since then, he loves it. It even goes so far. And this is what made me think of doing this episode is I took him to the Nature Museum this weekend. The Peggy Nopart Nature Museum? Yes. Just north of the Lincoln Park Zoo. I love that place. I have a membership. Amy bought a membership too. And I was amazed. I was like, this is perfect. You know, it was my first time there. And one of the things that Mal likes is Frog and Toad. Where are they in there? So they're on the first floor by the all the tanks that have like the snakes and the lizards and the, and the fish. Oh, I love that. Yeah, except for the snake part. I, I hate the snakes. I cannot be in that little nook between all the snake cages and the large black rat snake that they have in the big container behind the glass. I can't stand next to that window. Wait, are you Indiana Jones, Phil? I am that afraid of snakes. I have serious herpophobia. The rebel knows it too. And she teases me with snakes and she wants a pet snake and it's not going to happen. Are you Indiana Jones? That's the big question. No, I'm not Indiana Jones. There's no way. No, no, no. So it's just the snake thing and the glasses. I'm Wisconsin Jan. Wisconsin yeah. Jan. Wisconsin, Wisconsin Jan. Jan. Yeah, and the Bratwurst to Destiny. So on that first floor, they have a section that is just the difference between a frog and a toad. What is the difference between a frog and a toad? Can you explain that? Pop quiz, hotshot. <laughs> What's the difference between a frog and a toad? The one thing I remember is they lay their eggs differently. So frogs lay their eggs in a big pile, and toads lay their eggs in like a string around a plant. So it looks more like to- toads have less slimy skin. So wow. the egg thing is what I remember. I was like, oh, this is really cool, actually. I thought it had something to do with like bumps and oh, I'm sure it does. moisture. Like maybe frogs can be more aquatic than a toad might be. Yeah, that could be. But he sees it and he's like, oh, it's frog and toad, like from the book. And then in the water area, they have a big frog statues. And he thinks one of them is a toad and one of them is a frog. So they don't actually have like licensed frog and no, toad no, stuff. No, 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 no. It is literally just a It's real all in frog. his head. And a real and the way you articulated it made it seem like what was in his head was the actual reality around us. He uses frog and toad in his everyday life now. When he sees two people who look like friends, he's like, oh, it's like frog and toad, which is pretty cool. Wait, 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 wait. 
I want to follow up on that real quick. You will take Mal out in public. Yeah. And he will see two people, perhaps a tall, thin one and a shorter, more rotund one. And he will out loud say, hey, look, frog and toad. And then you have to deal with that being the adult who understands the vibe. You know, it's only happened like twice where he said that, but... Okay, but if you had a nickel for every time, you'd have two nickels. So, Frog and Toad was written by an author named Arnold Lobel, who uh, was a guy... (laughs) Very descriptive, man. (laughs) I closed my notes as I was trying to read that. Uh, so was a man take him for all in all. I shall not look upon his like again. Oh, see, I should have just gone into that. I was just so distracted by me closing my notes that I was like, oh no, I'm in the middle of a sentence. All right. So take two frog and toad was written by a guy named Arnold Lobel. Now Arnold Lobel started drawing when he was in second grade because he was very sick in that grade. So he started illustrating and drawing animals. And one of his earliest animals that he drew were a frog and a toad. So that kind of stayed with him his entire life. And in the 70s, he turned it into a series of books. So starting in 1970, the first frog and toad book came out, which is Frog and Toad Are Friends. And then two years later, Frog and Toad together. And then four years after that, you get Frog and Toad all year. And then three years after that, to finish the decade, you get Days with Frog and Toad. So you have these four books that are Frog and Toad. And they're all roughly the same kind of story. Frog and Toad are in some sort of situation. That is the most general description of a story I have ever heard. Imagine the Star Wars crawl. Episode four, Frog and Toad are friends. Our two characters are in a situation that takes place in a location <laughs> during a specific time. It also sounds like an improv scenario. Like, okay, can you give us... A... All right, uh, Frog and Toad are what? What are Frog and Toad? I heard welders. Frog and Toad are welders. What are they going to weld? And now we need a location for Frog and Toad. Can we have a location? Any location right, in the world. Frog and Toad will be welding together recycled bicycles to make an <laughs> art display <laughs> on the moon. And go. It's perfect. <laughs> so yeah, you have these two these two characters. But like, just a, as a description, the first Frog and Toad story in the first book, Frog and Toad Are Friends, is it turns into April. Toad does not want to get up out of bed. So Frog eventually gets toad out of bed by tricking him into thinking it's a new year and that they need to go outside so he just takes the calendar and switches the calendar from april to may and takes him outside and they admire the beauty of the spring and that's that's the story so they're in a situation one of them doesn't want to get out of bed and the other one has to get them out of bed and then he does by pretending it's a month later than it is frog and toad are friends <laughs> right are they are then friends why is the why is the inaugural story of <laughs> one of them gaslighting the other well that's a good question 
Actually, I think I have a theory about that. Yeah, late on me because I I just thought of something too. Well, Arthur Lovell, he you're right. He he started drawing uh, in the second grade, from what I read. Part of the reason that he uh, was drawing was to ease his uh, anxiety about yeah. returning to school and going back to social situations. And so, Frog and Toad, uh, one sort of a happy, joyful extrovert, one sort of a mildly cantankerous introvert. Uh, were the two sides of his personality that he was trying to sort of reconcile. So exactly. them becoming friends, I think, was also him, like, finding peace with himself. And then also, yeah, later on, it worked as an allegory for for coming out exactly. um, as far as, you know, who you are and, and everything. But, yeah, so in that sense, okay, he's not gaslighting his friend. He's using his own brain to trick himself into moving out i like that okay that's nice it's really it's cute i can't make anything sinister out of it there is that's no the thing that's just the thing with frog and toad in general is it's just they're just cute little stories you know the illustrations are great and there's this whole i don't know if it's on tiktok but on instagram there's the whole frog and toad account that's very popular where people just share a page from the book and it's just it's lovely it's you know there's not a deep message to them. It's just good stories. We kind of alluded to this earlier, but Frog and Toad follow in the long line of short, stout people paired with tall, thin people, a la Laurel and Hardy and uh, Abbott and Costello. And now, you and I sort of break that mold a little, Dylan, because you're short, but you're thin. And yeah. What are you going to say? I was what going to say, say, I was going, what were you going to say, Phil? Dylan? Listen, what Phil, words were you going to I choose, don't like Dylan? being called short. Uh, no, I was going to say the same thing <laughs> that I am short and thin and Phil, you are stout and tall. So. I am. I'm a tall stout. I am. I am a tall pint of Guinness. That's right. My favorite. I am a boot of Guinness. Yes. A full boot of Guinness. Yeah, that's right. So in a way we are. A frog and toad parable, I guess. Not parable. What's the word? No, we're, we're, we're parable. We can be matched together. Oh, a parable. You mean like a story? Yes. That has a deeper meaning or application elsewhere. Yeah. yeah. No, we've been we've been friends for a while. Yeah, we have. Yeah. So this yeah. Could be we our sort parable. of frog and toadish a little bit. Yeah. We compliment each other. Yeah, absolutely. We insult each other enough too, you know. Yeah, that's true. That's very yeah. true. So the reason he started writing in general is because the uh, royalties were better as a writer than an illustrator. So he was never totally comfortable oh. with writing, even though he wrote something like 100 stories in his lifetime. He was never really comfortable with it, which is really why Frog and Toad stories are a little basic. Short, because basic, you know, yeah. Uh, because that's just who he was. He preferred illustrating over writing, you know, which is, I think a lot of illustrators are like that. So he preferred illustrating, but he wound up writing because he would make more money uh, off of the writing aspect of it than he would the illustrating aspect of it. Yeah. So you could say we have to thank for Frog and Toad, capitalism. Uh, capitalism. Yes. <laughs> Sponsor of Hop on Pop Culture. Yes, of course. My goodness. So of the four books, I think the second one is the most abstract of them all, which is Frog and Toad Together. Um, so in this one, you have a story called The List, where Frog writes a list of all the stuff he needs to do during the day, and then it blows away. And so Frog and Toad spend the entire day trying to remember what was the, on the list. 
but the only one they end up remembering is go to sleep. So then they fall asleep next to each other, which is lovely. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah, it's very sweet. But then you also have cookies where they spend the entire story trying to resist the urge to eat all the cookies by putting it on a higher shelf and putting it in a box and doing all these things. And then they eat them and get stomach aches. So they throw out the rest to the birds. Um, but then you also get dragons and giants, which is a really interesting one where they actually go on an adventure where they encounter real dragons and real giants. And then they return what? home and just commend each other for being so brave in this story, which is great. Uh, but then you get the really weird one, which is called The Dream, in which Toad has a dream. And he performs several feats, like several activities on stage. And the audience who is watching is only Frog. However, after each activity, Frog gets bigger or gets smaller and smaller. Eventually, he's gone. And then Toad wakes up and Frog is sitting, sleeping next to him, feeling totally fine. What? Like, yeah, exactly. Wow, that is out there. How deep into the 70s did that one come out? That was only 72. Okay. You know, but still, like, out there, right? Just a little weird. Every frog, every toad, all at once. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then Frog and Toad all year is the third one, and that's just, like, frog in the spring. And frog going sledding in the winter, and then frog raking leaves. So that one is, you know, a little more basic. I wish the title naming conventions were more like Batman movies. Like, oh yeah, Frog, Frog Returns. Yes, yeah, Frog exactly. and Toad, Frog and Toad Forever. Yeah, that see that would be great. Tadpole Begins. See, that could have been it. Could have been the precursor to all our Batman movies, but no such luck. No such luck. So the second book, Frog and Toad Together, was adapted into a film. Uh, the voices of Will Ryan and Hal Smith. I have no idea who they were. I don't know who they are either, yeah. but I'm glad we said their names and then didn't give any further context. <laughs> exactly. Because <laughs> that's our thing. Yeah, that's what we do. Hop on, fun. Come with expectations. Stay because it's just kind of fun and chill to listen to. There you go. So the third book... Uh, was the first of the of the three to be adapted into uh, plays for the stage. It was adapted into a musical uh, that opened on Broadway, and then it famously performed at Second Story Repertory, which is in Seattle, I believe, the Children's Theater in Minneapolis, and then the Chicago Children's Theater, too. Would you regale us with a number from the musical? I wish I knew. Yeah, that would be that would be wonderful. In the meantime, Frog and Toad, you know their best friends. They are Frog, <laughs> frog and toad. toad. They live everywhere, just not together. They have two houses down the road from each other. They are not roommates. Lovely. Yeah. If I have one note, I have one note, Phil. You missed the opportunity to rhyme road with toad. I saw it, and I thought that it was the toad most traveled. Ah, so uh, uh, we'll see. There you go. There yeah, you go. Didn't, didn't take it. Didn't take it. It was a risk, and it paid off. It was perfect. <laughs> perfect. Love it. So the author, Arnold Lobel, we kind of touched on it earlier, but in 1974, he came out to his wife that he was gay, which kind of explains, as I was looking at the chronological aspects of when Frog and Toad came out, 
it kind of makes sense that 74 was the year he came out because that's the biggest break in between frog and toads books is 72 to 76. So Hmm. right in the middle of that, he came out and he and his wife didn't separate until the early eighties. Yeah. uh, And then the sad story, sad ending to Arnold's story is that he died of AIDS in 1987. Oh, God. Um, yeah. During the height of the During the height of epidemic. the epidemic. epidemic. Yeah. I mean, so many gay men died during that time, you know, and he is one of innumerable artists that died during that time. You know, I know I said at the beginning that I couldn't think of anything dark and political to go yeah. to when I thought of uh, Frog and Toad, but... Now all I can think of is my seething hatred for Reagan. Oh, I know. Truly, truly a dick. Yeah, yeah. Hop on pop culture. I'm here because we're talking about Frog and Toad. (laughs) Stay because we're pissing on Reagan's grave. That's right. We're liberals. Um, Speaking of of Reagan... Have you seen those commercials where Reagan's son uh, is trying to convince you to be, be an atheist? Oh, what? Yeah. So... Wait, no, you have to tell me about this now. We are okay, friends. Okay, great. Wait, are you fraud or am I toad? Oh, wait, that would be the same question, isn't it? Yeah, that, that is the same question. I don't know. I think you're more frog and I'm more toad, I think. Why do you think I'm frog? Because I thought toad was the curmudgeon one. Yeah, that's why that's why I picked myself as Toad. Oh, because you think you're curmudgeon? I think I'm curmudgeon Oh, so we're both Toad. We try to be Toads. We try to be Toads. We're really frogs. <laughs> we are frog and Toad. We have that in common with the author. He also used that as a dichotomy for his own exactly. personality traits. And we're, we're the same way. Frog and Toad are friends. Frog and Toad are all friends. Perfect. (laughs) He never made any mention in his life that Frog and Toad were gay or that they could be gay. It would have been Um, a great title. It would. Frog and Toad are gay. Toad are gay. (laughs) And you got a little, you got one of those little like Newberry seals, but instead it just says banned in Florida. Hasn't even been printed yet. (laughs) Exactly. That's the new Newberry seal is banned in Florida. But uh, yeah, his daughter uh, said in a New York interview that. She thinks that him writing Frog and Toad the way he wrote it was him grappling with his sexual identity and with coming out, which makes sense in a way. I mean, he used Frog and Toad to grapple with all aspects of his life, so it would make sense that it'd be the same way. Now, in 2008, there were three new Frog and Toad books that were discovered in an estate stale, uh, but they were just black and white manuscripts. So his Does that daughter, mean they were just words or were were, were his illustrations? No, he had illustrations in them too. Uh, they just weren't colored in the same way that the that all the other ones were. So his daughter consolidated all these stories into two new books and illustrated them her or in colored in the illustration herself. But the two new books are the frogs and toads all sang, and then Odd Owls and Stout Pigs, a book of nonsense. Odd Owls and Stout Pigs? Yep, a book of nonsense. I was once called a stout pig, but I want to reiterate, I am not a cop. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, that's that's Frog and Toad. I mean, it's a, like I said, great stories, you know, great little stories. Some of them are more abstract, but they're short easy to read at bedtime and just nice just nice it's just nice frog and toad are nice 
when you think about any allegory in frog and toad about his own life mm -hmm. uh whether or not anything was explicit or anything like that obviously these are really these are just really nice short self-contained stories about friendship and companionship and mm -hmm. that's wonderful uh you know on a surface level but then also you know th since he's using that to process and figure things out and articulate things him being able to document that and provide that in such a way i'm sure that if there's anyone else who's going on some sort of similar journey being able to see that story presented that way could be incredibly meaningful and impactful and i'm really glad i'm really glad that we have that so yeah me too well and i think that going along with that i think that's why frog and told are so prevalent on social media and stuff that should be that should be a podcast Frog and Toad are prevalent on social media. Frog and Toad have a podcast. <laughs> but you know, you you see people share Frog and Toad memes all the time because they're just they're just delightful and it and it brings joy to people's day. That's what social media should be used for, anyways. But that's a whole nother soapbox that we don't need to get into right now. Did you hear about the spin-off book? Where Frog is hanging out with like Gimli and Legolas and no Frodo and Boromir and Ar Aragorn are there. Is it? Is it it's called uh, the, it's, uh, it's called. Oh, go ahead. What do you think it's called? The Frog of the Ring. No, no. What is it? Frog and Tolkien friends. Ah, Phil. See, I tried to beat you in your own game. I tried. You can't. You cannot. Yeah. <laughs> You're playing chess. I'm playing rap music. Oh, boy. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. But I no, it. but I liked it. It was good. It was good. <laughs> what, uh, what, do, what do Frog and Toad do? Like, what kind of activities do they, like, they ride bikes? You said they ride, they, yeah, they, they ride chase... bikes. They fly kites. They can do things like uh, there's one there's a story about a hat where Frog gives Toad a hat for his birthday and then it's too big and Frog offers to fix it. But Toad likes the way it is. So he, but he keeps bumping into things. So late at night, uh, Frog comes in while Toad is sleeping and pours water in the hat and it shrinks. So then he wakes up the next morning and it's the right size. So, there's so again, it's another example of them gaslighting each other. Yeah. yeah. Dylan, have yeah. you ever gaslit me? Have you ever pulled the wool over my eyes? I don't think so. Have you ever gaslit me? No, I don't. Th I don't think I, I have. Don't think I have. Yeah. But I mean, like, does that mean we're good friends, or does that just mean that we've never had anything to gain so far by betraying each other? <laughs> and I say that, I say that with the full acknowledgement that I am not a cop. Yes, I am also. Not a cop. Are uh, you, Dylan? You have to tell me. I, I don't have to tell you anything. Eat this that is, mushroom. That is a, if you're not that a cop, a, eat this mushroom. Fake. Eat it, Dylan. Mushroom. Eat the mushroom. I'm not even in the same room as you, Phil. How can I eat a mushroom? <laughs> I don't have a mushroom here to eat. Uh, uh, don't worry, man. I'm just giving you a hard time. I guess you could say it was just a little bit of shit talky. Oh, Phil. I'm a fun on. guy. Come on. That's Phil Zimmerman for you. A fun guy. That's what it says on his business card, too. Phil Zimmerman. I'm a fun guy.
We want to say thank you to our kids, Mal and Rebel. We want to thank our wives, Amy and Michelle. We want to thank Kevin Alves and Big Talk Podcasts. And we want to thank Jason Moody for our theme song. Come back and catch us next time on... Blah, blah, blah. Big talk.